set from the, from the get-go that it's about, obviously, the provision of Christ. Uh, that's what Christmas is all about. But last week, I took a little, a little uh, different path, and I showed you the desert test. Uh, if you were not here, listen to the podcast. I was blessed by it. I re-listened to it. But it's such a powerful message last week, the desert test. Why God allows desert seasons in our life. And it's to test us. And we looked at Exodus chapter 16, how the Israelites handled the test. How in one month, they went from dancing and celebrating, playing tambourines and all that stuff, to murmuring, complaining, and saying, I, want to, I wish we died in Egypt. So it's the desert test. So when we're in desert seasons in our life, God brings those to bring up what we truly are and what, who we really are on the inside. So re-listen to it. Today I'm going to continue uh, on another test that God brings our way, but I'm going to read Mark chapter 6, verse 1 to 3, and then I'll share a little bit of stuff and keep going, uh, and, and let's see what God is saying this afternoon. The Bible says this, Jesus left there, and he went to his hometown. Notice where he went. Underline that, highlight it. It's important where he went. It's actually at the center of today's message. Uh, Jesus went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Another important factor right there is that his teaching was profound. It was a teaching that they've heard, they've never heard a teaching like his. Uh, I think a, a, main, a major role in that is because Jesus lived what he taught. In Bible college, I remember they warned us, when you're up on the pulpit and you're preaching, never preach something that you're not living. They said it will hinder your ministry, it will hinder the things that you want to do. So I am very careful in those things. I, I do not bring messages that I'm not living myself. Because you will know the hypocrisy in the message. But Jesus, they couldn't find any fault in him. Because he lived what he preached. When he spoke on love, he loved like no one else loved. When he spoke on healing, he healed like no one else healed. When he knew about the kingdom principles, he lived it. Jesus demonstrated it. So his teaching was profound. His teaching was amazing. And the Bible says this. This is where the, the story gets a bit downward spiral. It says this. Where did this man get these things this is the crowd that are hearing him where where are they where's jesus i need you to speak with me this afternoon where is jesus where his hometown so he's in his hometown his hood where he grew up he's at the age of 30 he's lived most of his life in his hometown he, he went to his family is there uh, the boys that he grew up with, the girls that know him in school, they're all there. He's in his hometown. And, and when they heard him teach, they said, where did this man get these things, they asked. What's the wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters here with us. And the Bible says, and they took offense at him. You know, it's important in this story that you understand the crucial points, which is that Jesus was in his hometown. Now, I would imagine anywhere that Jesus was, there was something that changed. How many know wherever Jesus is, it doesn't remain the same? 
Jesus shifts, he, he challenges, he, he, he comes against whatever is waging war in that particular scene. The only thing that I want you to remember where Jesus is, it doesn't remain the same again. Jesus has impact wherever he goes. He had power in his ministry. He did in three years what none of us can do in our whole lifetime. Jesus, the Bible says that if everything that he did was written in books, all of the world books will not contain the work that Jesus did. So what we have in the Gospels are selective miracles of Christ. I once was praying about that. In my own personal reflection, I said to Jesus, why did you not write more of what you did on earth? And I, don't, and I, I felt God speaking to me. I'll say that God spoke to me in, in, a, in a bold way. He said to me, if I wrote down everything that I did, people will stop pursuing me and having a relationship with me and they will just imitate the methods that they read in the word. How many know that God desires us more than what we can do for him? So in order to, to keep us you know, engaged in our walk with him, we need something that, that causes us to pursue him. If we had every miracle that Jesus did, we'll be arguing about the methods that he used, we'll be putting mud on people's eyes, and we'll try to imitate the method rather than seeking a relationship with the God of the method. So Jesus is in his hometown. This is the king of kings. This is the, the ruler of the universe. This is the greatest gift that God has given to mankind. Jesus, the healer, is in his hometown. Jesus, the one that healed the sicknesses that no doctor can heal. Jesus, the one that cleansed lepers. Jesus, the one that dealt with issues that people had with decades. There was a woman he helped. She had 38 years of an issue that he was struggling. And Jesus, in one moment, set her free from her struggle. This is Jesus that everyone lined up to see. This is the Jesus that crowds pressed through to get a touch from. This is the Jesus that changed the world upside down and right side up. This was Jesus that went to his hometown. Jesus goes back to where he grew up. Notice the reaction of the people that knew him more than anyone else that knew him elsewhere outside of his hometown. They grew up with him and perhaps they probably went to school with him. Uh, he's a carpenter and, and, and pro most likely uh, it was Joseph's profession and trade. Because in the Jewish culture, a father trains the trade that he has to his son at an early age. So he has something to do when he grows up. So most likely Joseph was also a carpenter and Jesus grew up with his profession. And at, before the age of 30, the Bible is quite silent on what Jesus did. But we know that he was a carpenter. So perhaps some of the people that were in his village and in his hometown were people that had furnitures that Jesus once has made. People that played with him, sports, that went to school with him, they were familiar with Christ. The Bible says that they took offense at him. Wait a minute, we know his mom, we know his dad, we know his brothers and sisters, is this man that is speaking such things the word offense here in the greek means to put a stumbling block it means to cause a person to begin to distrust or desert one whom we ought to trust and obey it means to entice to sin 
So the statements of the people that knew Jesus caused the others that perhaps didn't know much about him to distrust Jesus. It painted a picture about Jesus that enabled them to not receive from this man that had the potential to deliver them from the position. And, and it was the people's remarks and it was the people's statements that painted an image of this man that caused them to stumble upon what they should have accepted and received. I want you to be careful, young adults, of those that are in your life that are always painting a certain picture about someone else. You know, sometimes I found it fascinating. I've had moments, you can probably relate to this. I wouldn't know a particular person, but I would know a friend of that person. And this person will tell me all about the other person. And me, without meeting that person, I've already made my conclusions and my judgments because of the painting of this person that has made to me about the other person, if you know what I'm saying say amen. amen you have to be careful at the people that are in your life that are painting images of others because what it will do is this principle that we can learn from here it will be a stumbling block from you receiving what that person carries that's why we're living in an age of media an age of opinion uh, you have to be careful of the, of the reports that Facebook tells you about other ministers, about other ministries, about other things. Be careful because the enemy now, he makes it very easy for people to put an offense upon other people. What it will do without you knowing it is you'll begin to despise that person. And guess what? You'll miss out on what that person is carrying and, and, and the gift that that person can become in your life. What made them despise Jesus in such a way as this? The Bible says, you know, a lot of answers in our life, we fall short from receiving the answers because we stop reading. But if you continue to read, if you continue, a lot of the times we give up prematurely on things that God wants us to go through because there's lessons that he wants to let you know so that you can come out of it and be in the, the person, the man or the woman that God has created you to be. So do not quit prematurely, but keep reading. Keep going, amen? Let's keep reading. We'll find our answers. Jesus said to them, verse 4, a prophet, what made them have this kind of mindset? The Bible says this, a prophet is without is not without honor except in his own town, <laughs> among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not. Did you hear that? He could not. This is the king of kings, the ruler of the heavens and the earth. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them, he was amazed at their lack of faith. Side note, there's two things that we see in the Gospels that Jesus is amazed at. One is he's amazed at their lack of faith. Two, he's amazed at someone's faith. What is God amazed at in our lives? Is our lack of faith or our faith amazing him? But in this particular instance, their lack of honor produced lack of faith. And Jesus was unable. He was restricted. He was hindered from doing miracles there. Do you know what saddens me? Is that there were people in his hometown that needed miracles, that needed to be delivered of their sickness, that needed to have breakthroughs in their life in different ways, and the provision was there. The answer was given to them. In fact, the answer walked among them, and he began to tell them, but they began to, to, to dishonor 
the provision of God. They began to despise the true manna from heaven. They began to reject the, the, the gift of God. How many know a gift can only be received once you open it? How many of us know we can refuse to accept gifts in our life? God has given us so many things. And, and today, the message is titled, The Honor Test. The Honor Test. What do we do with the provisions that God brings in our life? Do we honor it or do we dishonor it? Because your disposition of the heart of honor or dishonor will determine what you will get and receive from the things that God has placed in our life. Jesus gives us an explanation. It was the lack of honor that brought this kind of view and statement upon the people that were in his own hometown. You know, it, it just amazes me a lot of times, the people that should honor us most are the people that live with us because they know our true identity. They know our weaknesses, they know our strength, and they know we still are who we say we are. But what the human tendency is for us to always look outside. We always honor that person that is far on the other side that we know nothing about, but we'll receive that person at the same time while we reject the provision that God has brought in our own lives. Young adults, my heart for you is to live a life of breakthrough. My heart for you is to live a life of honor. And this is what I believe God is going to do in the midst of us today. It was the posture and the disposition of their, of their heart condition that hindered them from receiving their miracle. Mark shocks us with a profound insight into a particular truth that I want us to capture today. Verse number five says this, he could not do any miracles there. It doesn't say that he would not do. It wasn't out of the will of Christ because the will of Christ is that we're set free. The will of God is that all men are saved. What often stops God from working miracles in our life is not his end, it's from our end. Because God is always willing that we live in freedom. God is willing and he demonstrated his willingness by dying on the cross for us. So his heart for us is always for us to be set free from anything that will entangle us and bound us. But what amazed me is that he says he could not. The restriction wasn't from him. It was from the people that didn't receive him. This shows us a principle of how God honors human partnership and human will. It's not that God cannot force his will upon someone, but it shows us the heart of God. It shows us the heart of him wanting to partner with us and not bring enforcements in our life without us wanting it. Well, at times he does bring those things, but we see a profound truth here. It was sad to see that there were people there that could have gotten their breakthrough from all sorts of pain, sickness, oppression, but something as seemingly as small as dishonor hindered them. Don't miss that out. Do not miss out this truth. It wasn't something major in our own eyes that hindered their miracle. It was something as seemingly small as a dishonoring heart that hindered them from the breakthrough that perhaps they lived the entire of their life with. I wonder how many things were missing out from God because of the condition of dishonor from our hearts. They lived with that, with what they could have found liberty from. What does honor mean? If you study in the Bible the word honor, this is what the word honor means. It means to esteem at the highest level, to add weight to, it means to value or to have great respect for. 
To honor someone is to value him or her highly or to bestow value upon that person. The opposite of that is to treat someone in a common or ordinary way or to dishonor, to not value something or someone or to disrespect. So the word honor means to put value and weight in something. You know, I, I really believe that a lot of us, we, we tend to not recognize the provisions that God brings in our lives because it always comes in unlikely packages. 1 Samuel 2, 29 verse 30. 1 Samuel 2, 29 verse 30. So why do you scorn my sacrifices and offerings? Why do you give your sons more honor than you give me? For you and they have become fat from the best offerings of my people in Israel. If you don't know the story in this context, Eli had wicked sons. They slept with prostitutes in the house of God. Not only that, the, the offerings that people got brought to the house of the Lord, they took it before they honored God with it. And they ate all the food. And, and, and we know in this particular instance, Eli was fat. He was a fat man. He was a big man. And what caused that is because he ate what belonged, the portion that belonged to the Lord. How many times do we eat the portion that belongs to the Lord? And, and the Bible says it, it is connected he honored his sons more than he honored God because he didn't discipline them when God told him that he cannot put up with stuff like that in the house of God. So that brought about a great disastrous pain in his life. His two children, his two sons died. And not only that, when the message came back, Eli was big. He was shocked at the message. He fell backwards because of his weight. He snapped his neck and died. It's, it's, it's amazing how his lack of honor ultimately produced the great cost of his life and his children's life. Not only that, the priestly gift that was given to Eli and his, and his clan was taken and snatched away from him. Let's read verse 30. Therefore, the Lord, the God of Israel says, I promise that your branch of tribe of Levi would always be my priests, but I will honor those who honor me and I will despise those who think lightly of me. Don't miss that. God gives us a statement and a, and, a, and a truth and a principle here. God will honor those who honor him. And God will despise those who think little of him. You have to be careful at the, at the condition of your heart in regards to who God is. And not only that, it doesn't stop there. And the people that God brings in your life. Amen? This is a principle that God himself set out. I will honor those who honor me, but I will despise those who think lightly of me. That is the very opposite of honor, is to despise, is to belittle what we should have put heavy weight upon. Eli honored his sons more than he honored the Lord, and he paid the high price. Dishonor carries with it a high cost. Luke chapter 4, verse 24 to 27. Uh, in this account of Luke's version, he gives us a deeper insight into this same story that Jesus had in Mark chapter 6 of, of the statements that he kept saying, which was just messed up my mind that I want to share with you and I'll be finishing off soon. Let's read it. So the same statement, the same despise in his hometown, but Luke gives us another thing that Jesus also said then. This is what he said. Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. 
I assure you that there were many widows in Israel. Notice that. There were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time. When the sky was shut for three and a half years, in the time of drought that is. And there was severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. But to a widow in Zarephath, in the region of, of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet. Yet none of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. This just messed me up. When Elijah was sent to that widow that was on her last meal and then she planned on dying. When Elijah sent her there, when Elijah went there, he gave an instruction but she had to honor what was on Elijah's life. If she dishonored what was on his life, she would have died with the last meal. But because she honored the man that God had brought provision in a time of need in her life, she received what was on him. And Jesus is showing them, the crowd that despising him, how disastrous it is for us to, bring, to be in a condition where we dishonor God and his provision in our life. It's funny that I never saw it when I was reading that particular story, but there were many in Israel that needed that same breakthrough. There were many in Israel that needed healing from leprosy, but none of them received it because of the way they received the men that God provided at that particular time. And God was showing us an insight into a secret or into, into an understanding that, that, that dishonor has a high price. Dishonor has a high cost that comes with it. Because we cry out to God. That woman probably prayed to God in a time of need. And God provided it in an unlikely way. Most of the time we expect God to bring just him to just show up, appear and do miracles in our life. Young people, it doesn't work like that. God always answers prayer. But a lot of times it comes in unlikely ways. So we miss out. We despise it. We reject it. God, I pray for a breakthrough. So he sends someone along your way. And you see and you don't put value on that thing, so you don't receive where you could have got your breakthrough from. But I am praying that today God breaks dishonor from our hearts. God breaks dishonor from our culture. And that we begin to honor the things that God has given us. It's amazing that in the time of Elisha and Elijah, outsiders received their miracle. While the people that should have received the promise of God missed out. It is sad that many died with their problems when God provided the solution through other people. Young adult, many died with their condition, with their, with their pain, with their sickness, when they could have been set free. God, I need a breakthrough. So God sends it and we despise it. God sends it and we despise it. The same thing that happened to the Israelites. They were praying and they were waiting for the Messiah, for the one that would deliver them from every oppression that they had. So he shows up. He shows up in the hometown. And what did they do? They rejected. They rejected. The same thing that happened in the desert, the desert test. They rejected the provision of God. In fact, they said, what is it? What is it? That's what manna means. What is it? Often when God brings us provision in our hunger, when God brings us provision in our desert, in our droughts, we always say, what is it, God? I don't get what you're doing, God. I don't get what you're doing, God. I don't get how you're working, God. And we despise the things that can help us to bring about our breakthrough. Check this out. Romans 12, 10, NIV. Be devoted to one another in love. 
Honor one another above yourselves. In our generation, a seldomly heard statement and phrase. We love to put up that God is good in our pages, but we seldom put verses like this up on our social media posts. Honor one another above yourself. Honor one another. God knows the value of honor and what it brings. You know, if you want to study deep about this subject, John Bevere has written a great book on this, Honor's Reward. Uh, Russell Evans has written a, a book on this on honor. It is a principle, I promise you, if you grasp it, you will live in the, in the freedom that God has given you. Not only that, you will not miss out on the provision of God. If you put value on the things that God puts in your life, you'll begin to live out, to live out the thing that God wants to give you. All of the times we pray for things and God answers in packages we don't recognize and therefore we miss out on His provision. Paul says, honor one another. The culture of the world is that the world honors those whom are deemed uh, deserving of honor. Those who are wealthy, those who are powerful, those who are famous, those are the ones in the world, not in the church, in the world, that they honor those kind of people. They don't honor their co-workers, they despise them, but they will honor the person that they don't know anything about. In fact, our generation, I'm sick and tired of us posting the statements of the people that are the very reason of causing addictions and bondages in your life. We celebrate them, we honor them, but we seldomly put uh, the, the things that God has placed in our life, we'll seldomly pay, even the little bit of honor that we pay to those people, we'll seldomly put it to the people that are in our life. I'm afraid because the culture that we're living in, I believe, is the same that the church has been in for its, since its creation. It, it's, the world is creeping into the church. I'm afraid that we're in, living in a time where we're not, we're not living in the truth of Scripture, that we've allowed worldliness to creep into the church. We despise one another. We dishonor one another. We don't receive from one another. God's kingdom doesn't operate in the same way the world operates. In fact, Paul says the parts in our body in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that we don't pay much attention to, that we dishonor, are actually the parts that are honored most and are protected. <laughs> Israel missed out when he came to the Messiah because of their dishonor. They missed out on God's great provision. For the kingdom of God to advance, we must honor what's on another person. The first thing, we need to honor God. Secondly, we need to honor one another. I promise you, nothing will happen in your life if you despise the provision of God that comes in your life. Did you know a lot of your breakthrough is sitting next to you? Do you know how many gifts are in this place? If you learn to receive from one another, your breakthrough is, is tied with that person. And, and, and you, you can cry, you can scream, you can run after different things, but you will never be set free because you're despising the provision of God in your life. Someone once said this, the true test of character is this. The true test of character is what you do with people you think you don't need. What you do with those people. You know those people you think that can't bring anything to your table? A true exposer of our heart condition regarding honor, how you treat them. We pray for all sorts of things and God often answers through other people in our life. But our lack of honor will hinder us from ever receiving. I'll quickly add these two verses. I was, I was hesitating whether do I share this, but it's the truth of scripture I'm going to say. First Thessalonians. Chapter 5, verse 12 to 13, NLT. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 to 13, NLT. D, brothers and sisters, talking to Christians, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peace, peacefully with each other. One more, 1 Timothy 5.17 NIV. The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those in the work whose work is in preaching and teaching. Now I want to stop this here. I want, I want to be very carefully that you un, I want to be very careful here that you understand my heart. I'm not bringing here this year for you to say honor me. I want to show you a, a truth that, that will set you free in your life. You know, this is common in all churches. When a guest speaker comes from elsewhere, the church is full. The church is full. Everyone is ready. I want to receive my breakthrough. I've been waiting for prayer for many years, but I want to receive my breakthrough. Guess what? That person will come and leave. You'll still be remaining in your own, in your own condition because you're refusing to honor those that are in the house. On Friday, I was with the adults and I said, I want to pray for one thing, for honor in the house of God. God will never bless and put his hand in something that we are dishonoring. But there's gifts here. I said to the adults that you have gifts here. Why don't you start honoring what's here? Why don't you start giving high regard to the things that are here? And a lot of the times we miss out. We miss out on the things that can bless us because of the condition of our heart to bring dishonor to those that are in our life. How do we honor God and others? Isaiah 29 verse 13. How do we honor God and others? The Lord says, those, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship, their worship of me is based on merely human rules that they have been taught. Honor always begins in the heart. Do you know why Jesus was strongly against the Pharisees? <laughs> because they honored, they honored God with their lips, but they had no relationship with him. If you're saying, I honor God with your lip, but you don't honor him in your heart, then that's not honoring God. Honor always begins in the heart. How do we honor God? It begins from the heart. It's an internal heart condition. It's not just with our lips, but it is with our hearts. How do we honor God? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you don't need to go to it, but it says one of the other ways that we honor God is with our bodies. In other words, with our lives. Our body presented to him is honoring to God. We worship him. Uh, in Proverbs chapter, I haven't got it here. In Proverbs, one of the, the chapters in Proverbs, I believe 20 something, it says that we honor God. It says honor God with your wealth. Something that we are scared as preachers to talk about. A lot of us, we say we honor God, but we don't honor him with our wealth, with our finances. But actually, God commands us, honor God with your finance, with your wealth, with how you steward the things that God has given you. Romans 14, 8, it says in NLT, if we live, it's to honor the Lord. If we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, it, it belongs to the Lord. We honor God with our lives. Young adults, as I finish up, I want to encourage you with a couple of things. Don't despise the blessings that God has brought in your life. I made a decision. I said to Ayu, it was this week, I said to her, I'm not going to go next year the same way I've been living in the past years. I'm going to confront things. I do not want to 
a culture in this place that brings dishonor among one another. Do you know, I'm, I'm battling with the young people on this. Do you know when someone is ready to do something, to step out in what God has for them, we pull them down? You know that culture that we, that we dishonor what's on our brother and sister? We laugh when they dream, when they tell us about their dream, we laugh at them. That ends today. I'm believing if you make a decision that God can help us to deal with that and it ends today. Let's begin to honor one another. Let us begin initially by honoring God. How do we honor God? Not just with our lips, not just with attending Sundays, with our lives. Do we put value on God in our life? Do we have weight? Do we, is God a weight in our life? Is he an anchor in our life? Or do we just, are, we the, are we just the type that merely just honor him with our lips? I honor God. I love God. But we deny him with our actions. I'm believing that 2019, I don't believe that, that a year change, a calendar change will bring any change. Change begins today. It begins with a decision in the mindset. Amen? A new year is not going to bring a new change. <laughs> a new year will be a new year. But what you do with today will matter. Amen? Let's make a decision, young adults. I will honor the things, the provision that God has brought in my life. I'll honor the Lord. I'll honor my brother. I'll honor my sister. I'll honor my leader. Do you know why I believe he says put double honor those who are leading you? I don't believe it's because they're doubly important people. This is why I believe. Because you sitting there, your honor will determine what you receive from here. So God, in other words, is saying don't miss out. I know you know me. I know that you know my life. You, 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 you hang out with me and all these things. I know you know each other. You, you hang out with each other throughout the week. But the moment you begin to become familiar, you despise what, what that person carries, guess what? You're the one that's missing out. If you, Abel, if you despise what's on her, it's your loss, not her loss. But I promise you, there are so many treasures in this room. So many gifts in this room. Stop crying from an answer from another nation. God has given the provision right here. Begin to honor. I beg of you, young adult, begin to honor one another. Begin to honor the provision that God has given you. And I'm believing that God will bring breakthroughs in the midst of us. It saddens me. I hope that, I hope that this doesn't happen, but it saddens me how people live with their pain, with their problems the rest of their life. When a simple, a seemingly a simple thing as honoring can bring about breakthrough. Do you know how hard it is to honor those that we know most? Those that we know their life? It should be the opposite way. We should honor them more. But we despise that. And we honor someone that we don't know much about. That shouldn't be young adults. We need to honor those that God has brought in our life. Do you want to change Melbourne? Talk to me. Do you want to change Melbourne? Do you want God to use your life to change Melbourne? Honor what's here. I rebuked the youth in the previous session. I said to them, if you dishonor what's here, God will never bring the blessings in your life. You know, when we put events for them, we tirelessly, some of them, they don't come. They just, they just despise what God is blessing them here. I'm like, and you go to another church in events and you think that's, that God doesn't work like that, young adults. Wherever you're planted, start honoring. Start honoring one another. Let it begin from your heart. I promise you, I promise you, every provision that God has given you, God will bring it. When he comes, it might come 
through your friend. It might come through your, your, your work colleague. It might come through your brother and sister. But bring honor. When you honor God's provision, you'll have the breakthroughs that come with honor. Close your eyes and let's pray. I'm believing that you make a decision today. I don't spend hours and hours in preparation in sermon just for the sake of it or because of what I do. I do it because I believe in what I'm doing. I believe that every message that I bring on this platform, I hear from God. I spend hours in prayer. I spend hours in preparation because I care about your lives. Do you know the position that God has given me? It's not so I can say I'm a pastor. Do you know I, I cry every night for you guys? Do you know the Bible says that your leaders are, are, are accountable for your very souls? Do you know your soul, I'm watching at your soul. I'm not, I'm not concerned about this, who said this, that. I'm concerned about your soul. Do you know my greatest concern is that you make it to heaven. You make it to eternal heaven with Jesus. There's many things that will hold you back. There's many distractions. I am watchful for your life. That is not an easy load to carry. Please honor each other. This familiar spirit, let it end today. I know him. Who, who is he? Who is she to do this, to do that? Stops today. Receive one another's gifts. Receive each other. If you want to see people in the church, the best coming out, if you want to see them functioning at what God has given them, begin to honor them. That will bring out what they carry. It's so sad that Jesus in his own hometown was rejected. The same Jesus that, 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 that solved issues of many years was despised, was not valued in his own hometown. Recently, George, George Bush Sr. passed away and someone put a post up. He was asked at his old age, what is your greatest achievement? Do you know what he said? He said that my own children still come and visit me. Because <laughs> the hardest place to get honor is your own house your own house. You can be great outside in your workplace. You could be doing amazing things, but your own children will despise you at home. That's just a human heart. That's just a human condition. You can be celebrated out, but despised in. And the same thing cannot creep within the church. This is demonic. This is Satan's strategy to keep you in the same position that you're in. But if you want breakthroughs and miracles in your life, begin to honor the provisions that God has placed in your life right now. Look, you have gifts and you have baby steps to take, honor it. Don't despise it. That's why the Bible says do not despise the day of small beginnings. Bring honor, bring value, have weight upon that. Yes, I know Revive Church is very small. Yes, I know we're not doing major things. Yes, I know that there's a lot of things that we have mess and a lot of mistakes. Trust me, I'm not a perfect leader. I will not lie to you. I'm not a perfect leader. There's many weaknesses that I have. There's many things I wish I could do that I'm not doing. But what I'm saying to you, honor what God has provided for you now. When you honor this, God will take us to what he promised us. I promise you, I've heard from the Lord on this message. He said, tell my people, to honor me, to honor one another. Don't despise the provision of God. Don't despise God in your life. Don't despise God. Don't think that you know more than God. Some of you, I really want to encourage you. Don't despise God in your life. Don't be familiar with God. Don't be familiar with His presence. If you are not fearful and trembling in the presence of God, 
you're becoming familiar with God. And all it takes is just for you to have an honest prayer before the Lord right now. Say, God, be honest with him. I have dishonor. I have not honored you. I have not honored others in my life. Help me to honor you today. Heavenly Father, I pray right now for every single one of us, including myself. May we pass the honor test, honoring the provisions that you bring along our way. It might come in unlikely packages, Lord. It might come in ways that we didn't expect them to. It might come through our brother and sister. It might come through that person that we just see as an ordinary and a common way, but help us to overcome. Help us to accept one another, to honor one another above ourselves so that none of us are missing out on what you can do in this place. Some of you have gifts that the Holy Spirit will give you in healing, in teaching, in prophecy, in different things. The Holy Spirit will gift you. And we, we want to honor you. We want to create a culture of honor so that that gift can come up. Because people need healing in this place. And if we despise what God has on you, we'll, we'll stay with our sickness. But I'm believing that we'll be known for a church that honors. That honors God. That honors others. That honors authority. I, I rebuke the spirit of of rebellion, God commands us in his, in his word to honor authority, to honor the governments that God has given us. He placed governments. We need to honor the government. We don't live like the world. We live in accordance to what God has said. Heavenly Father, we humble ourselves today. Help us to deal with dishonor in our hearts. Let it begin from inside and help us to value those around us. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can I put a challenge for you all? This coming week, I want you to honor someone that you know is bringing value in your life, but you've never shared with that person. You've never truly went up and said to that person, you know what, I just honor, I honor your friendship. I honor your advice. I honor your input in my life. And I know that I haven't been the best person to show that. And I'm sorry, forgive me of the past, of me dishonoring. It might be dishonoring. Just go to that person this week. That's my challenge to you. And say, I honor you. I honor what's on your life. And, and I want it from this day on to receive, to receive you. Because when we receive someone, we receive what's on them. Amen? God bless you. I will see you next week, Sunday. What time? 6 p.m. All right? Awesome. Yeah.